Amen. Thank you all for being here today. Good singing. We got a little Baptist up in this place, which I like. Uh, man, I'm so glad that you have joined us on this Easter Sunday. If we haven't met, my name is Andrew. I have the privilege of serving uh, this church as lead pastor. Uh, just excited to see y'all here today as we celebrate the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. We have been in a series for the last couple months or so uh, in the book of Acts, the New Testament book of Acts. Uh, it, you know what? The, the book of Acts is kind of like a family photo album uh, for the church. How many of y'all have somewhere at home, you have a family photo album of your kids, and, you know, they're, when they were born and, you know, all the messes they made and they're growing up and learning and there's all kinds of adventure, there's growing pains and all that fun stuff that you document. Some of you are like, I'd have it all documented on my phone in my photo album. I don't have literal photo albums anymore. Uh, the book of Acts is like that for the church. You see the church is born in the book of Acts and you see the church begin to grow and get her feet underneath her and learn who she is and begins to have some growing pains. We see a lot of opposition in the book of Acts towards uh, the gospel. And so you see the, the church growing and beginning to flourish and standing on her own two feet. And, and you see that. And one of the, one of the great uh, snapshots we see in the book of Acts is of a man named Saul of Tarsus, who was one of the, the church's greatest enemies. He is pursuing the church, persecuting the church, and God does this miraculous turnaround in Saul's life where he literally interrupts him on the road to Damascus, turns his life upside down, and, and Saul becomes Paul, the Apostle Paul, and, and begins to uh, take the gospel to the nations. He becomes a missionary, and he is called by God to take his word to the world. In fact, in Acts 13, verse 47, he, he quotes an Old Testament scripture, Isaiah 49, which is referring to the Messiah, Jesus, but Paul uses it to, he applies it to himself. And Paul says this about his ministry, and really about all of our, our ministries. He says this, For so the Lord has commanded us, saying, I have made you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. It, Paul, Paul, I'm gonna use you to take the, the light of the glorious gospel into the darkness, take salvation to the ends of the earth. So today for this, the next few minutes, the sermon is called Salvation to the Ends of the Earth. And, and I just wanna hit a few things in Acts 13 and 14 that I want us to see this morning um, as Paul is called out to take salvation to the ends of the earth. But here's the question, like, what is salvation? Really, what is salvation all about? What does that mean? Well, we'll see Paul talk about it here in a moment. Salvation is really the forgiveness of our sins, that we are saved from the penalty of our sins. We are saved from the, the power of sin in our life. We will one day be saved from the very presence of sin. This is what salvation is. And so in Acts chapter 13 and 14, we see Paul and, and his companion, his friend, Barnabas, they're called by God out of this church in Antioch, Antioch in Syria, and they're called to take the gospel. God says, I'm going to send Paul and Barnabas to the ends of the earth. And so in Acts 13 and 14, we see Paul and his friends take this very first missionary journey. This is when the gospel first crosses waters and they literally sail out from Antioch to take the gospel first to this, this uh, island Cyprus. And then they kind of make their way um, into the southern uh, part of Asia Minor or Galatia, uh, what we would know, know today as modern day Turkey. 
So they're taking the gospel, they're taking the good news of Jesus that we've sung about today, and they're taking it into all the world. And they land in another place called Antioch, not Antioch in Syria, it's called Antioch in Pisidia. And so they land in Antioch, this other city full of Gentiles. But here's, here's Paul's custom. You see this throughout the book of Acts. Whenever Paul lands in a new town or a new city, he always starts at the synagogue. He starts where all the Jews are gathered every Sabbath day to worship the Lord. And he starts there and he takes the gospel to them before he moves on to the, the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people. And so here we see Paul, he comes into the synagogue in Antioch and he preaches a sermon. And so what I wanna do for just the next few minutes is, is really kind of summarize and, and uh, like explain, break down this, this sermon by Paul because it's a pretty incredible Easter sermon, y'all. And like any good sermon, how many points does a good sermon have? Three, y'all are with it today. Three points, here's his outline. It's Jews, Jesus, you. Jews, Jesus, you. So he goes to what they know. He starts back with their Jewish history. And in about seven verses, uh, like Paul's got the gift of brevity and clarity, which I have yet to find, all right? Um, I will this morning. This is the shortest sermon you'll ever hear me preach. Uh, but he goes back to their Jewish history. In seven verses, he unpacks how our fathers were in Egypt in slavery and bondage, and yet God delivered them. And he pulled them through the wilderness, and he delivered them into the promised land. And he brings them all the way up to King David, who was like their greatest king and the greatest king in the history of Israel. So in seven verses, our fathers in Egypt, all the way up to King David. And then he makes this transition. He, he, he jumps ahead to, to a descendant of King David, a son of David. This is Jesus that we're talking about. And he says this in verse number 23. Of this man's offspring, of David's offspring, God has brought to Israel a what? A savior, Jesus, as he promised. So, so he, he jumps from King David to this true and better king, this true and better savior, Jesus. And, and he goes on and begins to talk about Jesus. And he enters into this, what we have celebrated over the last week, this holy week, in particular, Good Friday. He, he says this in verse number 28, though they found in him no guilt worthy of death. He was, he was completely sinless and holy and righteous. And yet, though they found no guilt in him worthy of death, they asked Pilate to have him executed. And when they had carried out all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a tomb. And so these are the events that we remembered just a couple days ago on Good Friday, that, that Jesus, who was without sin, there was no guilt within him, not an ounce of sin in him, and yet they, they pronounced him guilty. And it says that they executed him, they killed him, they crucified him upon a tree, and then, then they laid him in a tomb. But y'all, this is where the Easter story is right here. Verse number 30, but God raised him from the dead but God raised him from the dead. Would you all read that with me? Those seven words, here we go. But God raised him from the dead. Y'all, this is the, the Easter story that the grave could not hold him. The Easter message is the gospel message. This is what it is. Jesus has power over sin and death. Jesus has power over sin and death. So think of the flip side of this. 
without Jesus, this is true for every single one of us, without Jesus, we are powerless to overcome sin. We don't have the strength, we don't have the goodness, the righteousness, the holiness in us to overcome our sinful desires, our sinful thoughts, our sinful actions. We don't have the power to overcome that. We don't have the power over death. Because guess what? Every single one of us physically will die. But because of what Jesus has done, because he has power over sin, we don't have to be dominated by our sin. Because of what Jesus has done, we don't have to be afraid of death, y'all. Because he has risen from the grave and victory over sin and over death. This is the Easter message. This is the gospel message. And here's what Paul goes on to say, verse 32 and 33. He says this, and we bring you the what? Good news. This is the gospel. We bring you good news that what God promised to the fathers for generations, what he promised, this he has fulfilled to us, their children. How? By raising Jesus. In other words, all those promises that he was going to send a Messiah, he was going to send a Savior, he was going to send a rescuer to save us from our sin, it has all come true. All of our hopes and dreams have come true because why? He has raised Jesus from the dead. He is the Savior. He is the Messiah. Death could not hold him. This is the message of the gospel, the good news, he says, that we bring to you. And so he, he goes from their history to Jesus, and now he turns to the crowd and says, now, let me, let me make an invitation to you. Let me invite you into this. And he says in verse number 38 and 39, let it be known to you, therefore, brothers. Okay, here's why this is so important. This is why the resurrection of Jesus is important, why it applies to you and to me. He says this, let it be known to you, therefore, brothers, that through this man, through Jesus, forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Through this man and by him, everyone who what? Believes is freed. Everyone who believes is freed from everything from which you could not be freed by the law of Moses. Here, here's what he says. Forgiveness is available to you. Every single person in this room that if you would believe, you would be free from the power of sin. And I love how he tacks this on. He says, you'd be freed from everything that you could never be freed by the law of Moses. You know what he's saying here? He's saying that you can't be religious enough. You can't be, do good enough, be good enough to wash away your sin. You, you could never do it. You could never, ever be free unless you believe in this one who has done this for you, who has took your punishment for you. Believe and be free. Believe and receive this free gift of grace that you could never earn. You'll never deserve it. It's grace. And on the flip side of this invitation, this invitation to receive this free grace, there's a warning. And I know this isn't very Eastery. It's not like pastel colors and all cheery. But here's the warning he gives. And for sake of time, we won't read it. Verse 41, 42. He says this. If you reject him, 
if you stiff arm him, if you turn your back on this free offer of grace, you will perish. 1 Corinthians 15, 17, all about, 1 Corinthians 15 is all about the resurrection. He says this in verse 17. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, you would still be stuck in your sins. And so here's the truth, is that if we reject his grace, if we reject the offer of forgiveness that he has provided for us, we will perish. We will die stuck in our sins. And here is the bad news. The bad news is that our sin must be dealt with. Our sin must be punished. Our sin must be paid for. And if we die in our sin, never having dealt with our sin, then we will die. We will be separated for all of eternity from God in a literal place called hell. That is the bad news, y'all. We all have to reckon with our sin. That is the bad news. Here is the good news. The good news of the gospel is this. Jesus took your place. Jesus took your place and did what you could never, ever, ever do. This is the good news. And so let me take just two more minutes to do what Paul did. Paul, Paul walked into a religious gathering full of religious people. But those religious people needed more than religion. They needed Jesus Christ. They needed a savior. They needed a true king. And so he comes into this synagogue full of, full of Jewish people who every single week they would file into the synagogue, they would file into church and they, would, they knew the scriptures inside and out. They knew about the Messiah, they knew the scriptures and yet they came in and here's the truth about every single person that he was preaching to. Here's the truth about every single one of us is it? you need Jesus. I need Jesus. Not just Easter Jesus who pops out of a tomb once a year. You need the sinless Jesus. The Jesus who loved you and came and lived a perfectly holy and sinless life, fully obedient to the Father. He lived the life that we were created to live but never could because of our sin. You need the sinless Jesus. You need the crucified Jesus. The one who was able to be a perfect, spotless sacrifice to take our sin upon himself, upon the cross, who would shed his blood. We've sung, sung about the blood this morning and maybe we're like, what is that even about? His precious blood that we say, how marvelous, how wonderful. It's precious and marvelous because his blood is what cleanses us from our sin. Our good works, our religious behavior could never, ever wash away our sin. Only the blood of Jesus, nothing but the blood of Jesus could wash away our sins. We need the crucified Jesus dying for our sin, taking our place, taking our punishment upon himself. You need the crucified Jesus. You need the resurrected Jesus. The one who took our sin upon himself, the one who rose from the dead and wants to give you life too. You need the Lord Jesus. You need him to be your Lord. 
it's not enough to go, I know about him, I know who he is, I know what he has done, I know what he has offered. No, 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 no. It goes from this head knowledge to opening your heart and saying, Jesus, you are my Lord. I turn my whole life over to you. I believe in you. I need you. Jesus made this invitation. And the, the invitation is the same now as it was then. Jesus, he, he made this offer. You can be forgiven of your sin if you would simply believe. And right before Jesus came into Jerusalem, the triumphal entry on Palm Sunday, there was an event that took place just prior to that. It, it added to all the fanfare of this Jesus coming into Jerusalem. He had a friend named Lazarus who died and had been dead for four days. And his sisters, Mary and Martha, are mourning. They're weeping this loss of their brother. And Jesus speaks a word to Martha. He says this in John 11, 25 and 26. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus is getting ready to raise Lazarus from the dead. This is a precursor to him himself being raised from the dead in just a few days. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, Though he die, though he die physically, yet shall he live spiritually, eternally. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. And then here's, here's the question he asks. He says, do you believe this? Do you believe this? Here's my question to you all this morning. On Easter 2023, do you believe this? Do you believe that this Jesus loves you, that he came, that he died for you, he was the perfect sacrifice for your sin, and that he did everything possible, everything required in order to get you to God? Do you believe this? Do you believe that he is the Savior? Here is what the gospel calls us to. The gospel calls us to repent and believe. To repent is to turn our back on our way of living, to turn our back on our way of trying to do good and please God in our own power, to turn away from our way. That is to repent and to believe, to believe in Jesus, Jesus alone for the forgiveness of our sins. The gospel calls us to repent and believe. And maybe you're here this morning and you go, man, I've, I've heard the story of Jesus. I know about him, but I've never, I've never done this. I've never like turned my back on my way of living and said, God, I'm yours. Maybe this morning God is calling you to repent and believe. Maybe some of you for the very first time, maybe some of you, you need to repent again from the way you've been living. And this morning God is calling you back to himself. I wanna ask you to bow your heads for just a moment. You might ask the question like, how do I repent? How do I believe? Listen, I'm not gonna give you any magic words because there are none. But if you would answer that question, do you believe? And you would say, yes. Man, talk to God in this moment. Here are some words you can use, words like this to express your heart to the Lord. God, my life is, is broken. I recognize it's because of my sin and I need you. I believe that Christ came to live and to die and was raised from the dead. Why? To rescue me from my sin. I believe 
I believe you are the savior that paid for my sin. Forgive me. God, I turn from my selfish ways and I put my trust in you today. I know that Jesus is Lord of all and I will follow him. Y'all, I'm not gonna get all Baptist preacher on you this morning, ask you to raise a hand or do anything like that, but I am asking you to, to wrestle with this question this morning. Do you believe? Maybe this morning you would say, yes, absolutely, I believe. I'm tired of walking this way. I'm tired of trying to live life in my own strength. I'm trying to be good enough. I'm I'm tired of trying to please God. I don't have the strength anymore. I don't know how to do this. Maybe this morning you would just fall to your knees before the Lord and say, I believe. I'm yours. Maybe this morning, if that's you, man, you can put your faith in Jesus in this moment. Maybe you've already done that. You can do that in 15 minutes, an hour from now. You can do that later today. You can do that wherever, whenever. It's all about the posture of your heart before the Lord, the posture of surrender. And I wanna encourage you that today, maybe this is the day that you would put your faith in Jesus. I wanna encourage you to tell someone today Maybe a friend brought you or you know someone in this room, tell them today. Today is the day where I'm done. I'm giving my life to Jesus. Or maybe today is a day when you turn back to him. Would you tell someone, talk to someone today? Tell a friend. We'll have folks at our our prayer corner and at Next Steps as well. We would love to talk with you or pray with you or just rejoice with you. Come talk to us. We would love to talk with you. Or maybe you have more questions or maybe this is something you need to count the cost. I would encourage you on that card, maybe maybe you got as you came in, there's a website there. The first step, friendshipwire.com slash first. I would encourage you to go there. There's, There's answers to your questions about how to begin a relationship with God. Reach out to us. Let us know if today is the day that you've put your faith in Jesus. Let us know if you have questions. Let us know if you have doubts. We are here because we want to help you find full life in Christ. And so, Lord Jesus, thank you for this day that we can celebrate your incredible, miraculous resurrection. This week where we've remembered all that you have gone through to make our salvation possible. Lord, thank you for the forgiveness of our sins that is available to us if we would simply believe and trust in you and you alone. And so, Lord, for anyone that's in this room that may have never done that, Lord, may today be the day of their salvation. May this be the day where they repent and turn away from their way of life and follow you and believe in you. God, today we lift you up, we worship you because it is you and you alone who cleanse us of our sin. It is you and you alone who offers grace that is beyond what we could ever deserve. And so we worship you and you alone today because you are worthy. Lord, we love you in Jesus' name we pray.